Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. sitting here with a number of my friends, people that help us and minister here at Oaks Church and speak from the platform from time to time. And we were having some conversations this week, and I wanted to share some of that conversation with you. This series has been great, and it's all about the greatest gift ever given to us, to the world, Jesus Christ. And so today we're going to talk about a number of different things about Christmas and hopefully give you some topics to discuss with your friends and family, maybe sitting around the dinner table as well. And we encourage you to take this home. Uh, But today, let's just jump right in. We're going to start uh, just talking about uh, maybe some favorite Christmas memories uh, or the favorite, maybe there was a gift that you got as a kid or or a favorite memory that you had with your family, uh, something like that. Favorite Christmas gift or memory. Travis, what is on your heart when you think about that? Way back in the 90s, uh, <laughs> I got an original Nintendo game system Come on. with Mario, Mario Kart yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Duck Hunt as well. Okay. And so I remember as a kid opening that up, and I thought the world had ended. I was like, man, this is fantastic. And I still have it to this day. Uh, so that was my ultimate Christmas gift, original Nintendo, uh, and I played it for days on end. Couldn't get enough. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I was literally going to say the exact same thing, so thank you for stealing my favorite gift. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but I had another favorite one. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember starting lineups, the little football yes. characters, yeah. and they came and I had the old school guys, uh, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, had a Michael Jordan one, um, so that was a good one too. But now that I have kids, it's way better. So <laughs> them running down the stairs in the morning and coming down, uh, they make everything better. So I'm looking forward to celebrating Christmas with my family this year. Ron, what about you? Well, I'm, I'm one of the older guys up here, but um, I can remember back when my uh, parents gave me, it was, a, it was a football game, but it's an old-style football game where uh, one person has the the offensive plays the other has the defensive plays and you overlap them on this football field and then you pull this card out and it exposes the runner or the pass and then the defensive card is going to stop you know the the play and uh and boy that was just awesome back then that was high tech i mean that was incredible the the amazing thing about that game because i got it probably when i was like uh eight years old or so but I kept it my entire life, and just last year, uh, my grandson, my oldest grandson, who is seven years old at the time, I pulled it out, and I taught him how to play. And what was fun is that I, I had played this game with my son, and so now I gave this to them, and so that gift that was given to me back in the 60s oh, wow. is now being played by my son and my grandson, and they love it. So, it's, it's the gift man. that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo means nothing. When did they that. get their erector set? Right, that's what I want to know. <laughs> How about you, Kevin? Not so, not so much a gift, but a, but a memory. Yeah. Um, this is our first Christmas, my wife and I, without either of our parents, mm. uh, and so I'm going back, uh, remembering uh, when the 
kids were younger and mom and dad would come and visit and they'd stay for a month. Uh, and Christmas Eve, uh, all I remember is just the smells. Georgina is making the dressing and, and the turkey. Yeah. And my mom is making uh, the chocolate cakes with her, with her recipe. And dad's with me making ambrosia. Uh, and the kids are at the table uh, all huddled around a, a laptop uh, watching Santa on NORAD. Uh, following him, you <laughs> right. know, where, oh, he's in Europe now, oh, he's in the Middle East now, he's coming in Asia. Uh, and, and then he would hit the United States, uh, and then we'd say, okay, we got to start thinking about going to bed. So, I mean, that, that's just a great memory yeah. of, of sights and smells and, and the kids sitting around the table, and, and now we're going to be doing that with our grandkids. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, my, Mine's kind of a memory, too, you know. I mean, I, I could go back, but one of my favorite was, again, you, you move into a place where it's more about your kids' experiences and all that kind of, I, you know, I, I hardly ever know what I might want for Christmas. You know, I, I did find one thing that the handheld, the, the one-handed chainsaw, it's like this little miniature chainsaw, and I've sent it to my wife three times, and I don't think she's getting the memo, but I need it. I just, I don't know why I need it, but I just feel like I do. Um, but th we, we did the whole puppy for Christmas one year, and it was a pug, like our first pug. So they're, they're like this big when they're puppies, right? So it was this pug, like in a little bitty shoebox or whatever, you know, we, you know, real quick closed it up right at the last second. And, and so that's moving around and all this kind of, so Blakely was a baby and Sid was about five. And, and so this, you know, now we got a puppy coming out of a box. That was a really fun uh, experience. It was the gift that kept on giving for 10 or years or so, you know, one of those. But, um, you know, and, and Kevin, you brought up a really good point just, just then. And I want to go back to you, Travis. Uh, but, you know, Christmas is, for, for many of us, Christmas is about um, family and what we have. But sometimes Christmas can feel very lonely for some. Um, Christmas can be reminders of what we don't have anymore, who's no longer with us, and it can be very sad at times. I've had Christmases that, that the thing that I was remembering was who was no longer alive and what we didn't have anymore. And so I do, I want to just take a second, and any of you that may be watching and, and uh, our, our, our hearts go out to you, our prayers go out to you, uh, we're going to pray at the end of service and we're going to pray for you specifically. Um, but Christmas is, no matter where you are, no matter who you're with, the most important thing about Christmas, again, is is Jesus, and he's with all of us, and we have access to him 24-7 uh, through our faith that we have uh, and through the Holy Spirit. So uh, we'll, we'll dive into the Christmas story in just a second, but Travis, you had a, a thought that you were going to throw in there too. Well, you mentioned family, yeah. and so this is our first Christmas as a family of four, and yeah. so having our, our two boys, and so, uh, I mean, and they're just little ones. They don't really know what's going on, yeah. but it's really cool to see their eyes light up when they look at Christmas lights or they look mm -hmm. at the Christmas tree at home. Uh, and seeing that for the first time. And so I'm getting to that point where even this year, my family was like, what do you want for Christmas? And I had no idea. Yeah. I just wanted things for them. And so uh, I think that's a pretty special memory, you know, to make is like, this is our very first one yeah. that we're going through together. And then now getting to live out, you know, God willing, all these years of seeing the joy on our kids' faces to see, you know, I got... I got my Nintendo, I right. got my whatever, you know what the case is. So, uh, um, now, there's got to be a pair of sneakers. Oh, absolutely. There has yeah. to be a pair uh, of sneakers. Yeah, he always has to have the there's, sneakers. There's been a few pairs been purchased by their grandparents, you know. Okay. Uh, I mean, I did it, basically. Right. It's not, <laughs> man, it's me, my fault. And by the way, I love the 49er reference. Thanks so much. Yeah, man, I had to hook you up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a payroll deduct right there. I'm just <laughs> so, hey, let's do this. Let's dive into the actual Christmas story. And this is something that we want to give you guys as kind of a jumping off point for maybe your discussions around the Christmas table uh, today or, or phone calls with family or whatever. But thinking about the Christmas story, there's so many 
different segments, right? So many characters that are part of the story. You've got, you've got you know, Bedouin shepherds that were living in the field with their sheep. You've got uh, a 15-year-old virgin uh, who's engaged to be married. You know, we, you've got, uh, I already said the angels. You've got a, a king who's angry and hateful and, and wants to murder, uh, you know, any rival, uh, in, including his own family. You know, it was once said of King Herod that it was safer to be his pig than his son uh, because he killed so many members of his own family in paranoia. Um, but then you also have these magi, right? These, this, these royal wise men that traveled across. And, and all of these characters are woven into the story. So I want to take a second and just think about parts of the story that really impact you and jump out to you uh, along the way. Uh, who wants to go first? Ron? I'll, I'll go first. I, I kind of like to start with like a, a, a macro vision or picture because... The thing that really hits me personally when I see the whole drama of, of Christmas is how every single person had to say yes. Mm, yeah, wow. There are so many asks of all these different players, and you just named them all. I mean, a lot of different players, different places, different situations, and God had each one play a different role in this drama that we call Christmas, and yet every time he went to one of them, whether it was a Joseph or a Mary or shepherds or Magi, there were things that were asked of them. I need you to do this. Mm -hmm. And every one of them could have said no. Right. I mean, all of them could have resisted to the point of messing up the story that we enjoy. But every single one said yes. Mm. And because they said yes, we have this incredible Christmas story that we get to celebrate every single year and it just really challenges me personally because it's like, will my family sit around and talk about things in my life because I said yes? Mm -hmm. We celebrate because they said yes. Right. Every single one of them. I mean, can you imagine the drama of being out there with the shepherds and the angel shows up, tells them all of this incredible stuff about the, the Christ child being born in Bethlehem, Heavenly host shows up, they all, it begins to rejoice and praise God, and then it all goes away. They could have said, wow, that was different. Mm -hmm. That was unusual. And yet the story says, they said, we need to go to Bethlehem and see this thing mm -hmm. that these angels spoke to us about. Yeah. And so they responded. And because they responded, we have that whole story. So for me, the thing that I love about the Christmas story is that whether it's a a virgin whose mind is blown by, you mean I'm going to carry God in my womb? Right. To these magi who are confused because they go to the king where they thought they were supposed to go to, Herod, and then they're redirected to Bethlehem. But now they are instructed by God to speak a word of warning. Mm -hmm. What would have happened if they hadn't have done that? Right, right. So for me, it's all these different people responding positively to whatever revelation God gave them that gave us the, Christ, the Christmas story that we celebrate every year. Yeah, that's wild. Who's next? I, to tag along with that, as you were talking, Pastor, I begin to think about them having just the faith to believe that this is really possible. I mean, if an angel shows up, I mean, it takes a lot of faith to believe that God himself is going to cause this young girl to have a baby. Yeah. And yet, you know, she decides in her heart, like, I choose. Well, she said, let it be according to what your word says. Yeah. You know, just the faith to believe that God is going to make this happen. 
And the second part of that, too, is the fact that whenever God speaks something, he's going to carry right. it out. It, he's going to make sure it happens. Even when you have a king that is wicked and is, you know, committing genocide, basically, according to Scripture, God made sure that his will, his plan was going to happen, yeah. even through, well, how's, this gonna, how's it going to work? Like I preached on last week, how is God going to do this? Well, here's how he's going to do this. And he always makes sure that every detail will happen according to his will. And so I love that, just the fact that when God says something, he takes it personally, that he is yeah. going to make sure his will comes to pass. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. And this is part of what we've been discussing for the last few weeks in this. Is this, this literally is, this is a 6,000-year story that we're in currently right now, right? It was 4,000 years from the Garden of Eden to the actual fulfillment of the promise of the Messiah. Now here we are, another almost 2,000 years later that we're still living in this story. We're part of history, right? His story is, is where history comes from, you know? So it's, it is an amazing thing to, to be a part of it and to see our parts that we play in each of it. Kevin? Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's a little different. It's the story of desperation. Hmm. It's the story of a, of a stepdad um, who, uh, he got married to a, a young girl. She had a baby bump during the wedding. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got his friends saying, you know, you should have had her stoned. You should have had her killed. Yeah, you wow. know, what kind of fool are you? Uh, and now he's off on this long journey to to Bethlehem, and he gets there, and and there's no room for them, and he's 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 got to be sitting here thinking, gosh, and this isn't even my kid. Mm. Uh, and and two years later, he's he's awakened after these magi come and give them all of these great gifts, and 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 the angel says, all right, they're after you, they're after the little boy, you got to get up and go. And so yeah. now, he, he's dragging his wife and his son off, you know, on on a donkey, either on a 300 mile trek on yeah. foot, or maybe they used some of the money that they got from the Magi and, and, and caught a boat across the Mediterranean, but, but now he's an immigrant mm-hmm. in, in, in a land he doesn't know, right. in, in, in um, speaking a language they don't understand mm-hmm. for a kid that's not his. Right. And, and, and I wonder, because I'm a stepdad, uh, and, and I remember the time where, where, where my two stepsons stopped being stepsons and they were just my sons. Yeah. And so I look at that Christmas story, and I wonder, where was it that, that this baby stopped being her baby and became my son mm. for him in there? Was, was, it, was it in the inn? Was it in the barn? Was it when the Magi came? Was it when the shepherds came? Was it when he was on the, on, on, in the desert going through Roman-occupied territory with his wife and daughter on a donkey? At what point did, did Jesus become my son? You know, because desperate people do desperate things. You think yeah. of all of the people coming up from Central America. You think, I think of uh, Victoria, a worker, a co-worker of mine who just escaped from the Ukraine um, uh, from the war there. Uh, I, I think of Georgina uh, and her parents. Uh, she was less than a year old escaping the Castro regime, coming mm-hmm. to the United States with nothing, Yeah, nothing. Um, you know, desperate people do desperate things. Yeah. And, and Joseph was a desperate man doing something for for a child that wasn't his. Right. It's just an amazing part of the story for me. Wow. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, I think this year it hits really home for me personally um, because my son's 15 years old, and I can't imagine him having the responsibility <laughs> to be entrusted with the greatest gift of love that we'd ever seen in the world. Yeah. 
And now Joseph's entrusted, Mary's entrusted. And my son, don't get me wrong, he's very mature for his age, but I don't know if he can handle that. <laughs> and what I love about the Christmas story when I really think through it are all the different types of people that are represented. Yeah. You have King Herod, who's the top of the top. He's the elite of the elite. But then you also have shepherds working in the field who are looked at as kind of second-class citizens and weren't really respected uh, by a lot of their peers. But yet God uses all of these different people and personalities yeah. uh, to give us this amazing picture that ends with Jesus lying in a manger and why we worship today. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's wild, too, because you're, you're thinking about, uh, I mean, Mary and, and uh, Joseph, we don't know much about we know about their family lineage because it's traced, literally, Joseph's lineage is traced all the way back to Abraham. Uh, uh, Mary's lineage is traced all the way back to Adam in the garden. I mean, unbelievable. We know the lineage, but, but we don't know necessarily a lot about their economic status. Um, Joseph was called a carpenter. You know, the word that is used to describe a carpenter is, is just a, like a day worker. I mean, he, he, was a, he worked with his hands. He's a construction guy. It's odds and ends. It wasn't a, necessarily a position of high esteem in the culture. Um, Mary, we don't, she was 15, we don't know anything about her. Now, one interesting thing I learned in some of my research and study was that Joseph of Arimathea was actually Mary's uncle. And so, and he was a wealthy man. And one of the philosophies or the theories is that when these magi, when you calculate what they actually gave, it's millions of dollars that nobody would have known how to handle. But instantly, they became one of the wealthiest families in the area. Well, Uncle Joseph was the was some philosophers believe or, or uh, scholars believe was the money manager, and he literally managed the resources that would have taken care of them all the way. I mean, it's gold, frankincense, myrrh—the amount that they gave. The it's when you look at the history of what a king would be given by these incredible magi, and th- that's the other thing that's kind of a wild dichotomy for me is you have people like you mentioned these Bedouin shepherds. Um, all the way to the king of Israel, to these magi who are traced all the way back to Daniel in his ministry uh, with King Nebuchadnezzar. That's where the magi, and so they're literally watching, waiting for a Messiah, because through Daniel's ministry, all of Egypt, or all of, of uh, Babylon at that time under Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar said, only the one true God will be worshipped now. So you've got an entire lineage of hundreds and hundreds of years of people that are waiting for a Jewish Messiah, and they're far east somewhere, you know, but they, but they know the history and they know what they're looking for because they were trained by the prophets. Um, but one of the things that really jumps out to me too is that the very first preachers were the shepherds, the first people to go and preach, the people that no one would listen to. God picked, so they were the first ones that said, we, we must go, and it said they went and spread the news abroad. The first preachers of Jesus Christ were these, were these people that nobody would give them any audience, yet God picked those people. And it just makes me think, you know, uh, you know all of us are different characters, you know? You know, there may be, I, I might be the, the desperate one up here, I don't know, you know, but we've all got, we all come from different backgrounds and different histories and different, you know, things of that nature. But God chooses to use all of us from the least to the greatest people on a day like this where people have tons of family around them, they're surrounded by kids and, you know, all, and cousins and people and whatever, to people that are sitting there 
And they, they may be feeling like the least because they don't know who to call today. And they may not have someone to eat with today. And my, my heart goes out uh, to, to those people as well. And, and my prayers go out to those people. And we, here at Oaks Church, we want to be family uh, to people. We, we, we're doing everything we can to create and to present opportunities for people to come and get connected and find family and find, and find their people, right? Because everyone has different backgrounds. But again, you know, to, to kind of tie up some of this stuff, it, 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 no matter where these people were in their journey or in their story, like you said, they all had to say yes, but God met every one of them right where they were. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, he, every single one of them, he met them right where they were. He met them right in the middle of their doubt, right in the middle of their disappointment, right in the middle of their frustration, you know, right in the, right in the middle of their desperation, all those different things. And, and it is amazing to see them all come together and say yes to that story, you know? Other thoughts, guys? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned how God uses insignificant or insignificant people to do significant things. I think a lot of the times, I mean, you hit it around the head. There are so many times where I'm like, God, are you sure? <laughs> did you really call me to this? I mean, are you, did you mean to pick the guy next to me? Mm-hmm. I just happened to jump in the way, you know, or something like that. But the reality is, it's like when, when God says, I'm calling you to do this, it's not necessarily because I'm so great, but it's because his grace is on me mm-hmm. to do it. And so, I think about how Mary had the grace to carry Jesus yeah. the whole time. You mentioned, you know, across the desert. It was pretty uncomfortable, I'm sure. But just the fact that, you know, I've called you to do this. I'm going to give you the grace to do it to help you get across the finish right. line. And so it could be as a business owner, as a parent, as, you know, uh, an employee, employer, whatever the case may be. Whatever God's called you to do, there's grace for it. And yeah. so you never have to wonder about how... I'm not going to do this, God. He's like, oh, yeah. I've already taken care well, of that. Think about the grace. You, think about the grace for just the travel. You got a nine-month-old, nine-month pregnant woman on a yes. donkey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, just hope and pray and water doesn't burst. I mean, I mean that that's a desperate. I mean, that's a desperate trip right there. Now you've got a a, a, a toddler with the donkey and a, going through the desert and what if you. Have you traveled with your babies yet? Yes. Oh, you need Jesus and Benadryl, <laughs> right? And I mean, this just, it, it's one of those, I mean, so there's so many dynamics yeah. of, of just the chaos of this story, yes. um, yet in the midst of chaos, God can make something beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And that's why what you were talking about, you know, everyone had to say yes uh, for, this, for this to work. And that's why it's, it's, it's a message of desperation, but it's a message of hope. Yeah. That... Um, Joseph got there. There was no room, mm-hmm. and and and, and the, the guy told him, "Look, it's not much, but you can go. You can go to the barn. Yeah, it's not much, but you can go there." When he gets to Egypt, who knows what kind of reception he he, he had? But someone there said yes, mm-hmm. uh, because we know he they got back safely. So there there were all of these different times <laughs> for this message to get derailed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like you said someone always said yes at the right time. And that's why it's, it's, it's just a message of great hope uh, because there are things in my life, things in all of our lives that, you know, I just don't see how it's going to work. Yeah. But God said it. Right. So someone is going to say yes for yep. me. Someone that's is going to, to open that door when it, at the right time. Now, unfortunately, at the right time isn't when I want it. Right. You know, but, but I know at the right time that door will be opened and someone will say yes. So it's, it's, it's a message of hope for desperate people. And that, yeah. that's who we are to me. That's it. That's good. Yeah. 
That's good. Well, let's, let's do this. I, I want to encourage you uh, today, wherever you find yourself in this story, I want to encourage you to say yes today. Um, you may be watching this alone somewhere. You may be listening to a podcast. I don't know when you'll actually hear this or experience this service. Uh, but wherever you find yourself today, I want to encourage you to say yes to Jesus for wherever you are in the middle of your journey. He knows exactly where you are. He's coming to look for you. That's the beautiful thing about the story is no matter where you are, Jesus was able to find the people that he needed. God was able to find the people that he needed and, and that, would, that were the right people that would say yes. And he's found you today to be a part of this discussion and part of this service. And I just want to encourage you just in your own prayer. And I'm going to pray for you as well, uh, for each and every one of you as families and, and part of our Oaks Church family and maybe uh, our distant family watching online somewhere. I want to pray for you. But I specifically want to pray that God moves you into that place of being in agreement with his will, with his purpose for your life. Um, God loves you very much, and we love you here at Oaks Church, and we believe the very best for you. But God declares his very best for you. He declares the best, the, his best wishes, his best intentions, his best heart. He has plans and purpose for you uh, to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future, to make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. This, that's the God you serve that loves you so much. So just do that today. Start with a yes to Jesus. Start with a yes to God and to being a part of his plan. And let me just pray this over you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every single family, every single individual, uh, whether they find themselves surrounded in, 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 a, in a noisy room or, or they find themselves alone and contemplating different things. God, meet them right where they are and be with them right where they are and speak to them right where they are and draw them into your presence today and let them feel your warmth. Let them feel the, your embrace and your, your experience today with who you are. Father, I ask you to just to speak to them individually and very purposefully that you give them a, a sense of your presence and a sense and an awareness of you are with them right now. You're with them. You're in their midst right now. And God, we ask you to release your peace upon them and your joy upon them because in your presence there's fullness of joy. And Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. And that is your will for us, that we be in good health and prosper even as our souls prosper. That's your word and that's your will for us. So thank you, Father, for your people. Thank you for our church and for the future. And most, most of all, thank you for Jesus. God bless you. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining with us and being a part of the conversation. Uh, we love uh, each and every one of you as part of Oaks Church, and, and we love all of you. Thank you for being a part of us. Don't miss uh, next week, Sunday, again, online for New Year's Day. We've got an amazing service planned for you next week uh, for New Year's Day as well. God bless you. Uh, we've got another segment for you right now, and we'll talk soon. We pray this message has blessed your life. And if it has... We want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks for listening and have a great week.